0: I need to take a second to tell you about my friend, Danielle McCleary, who I've talked about before. She's a host of On The Daily Podcast and the co-founder of Hype Media, which I am a part of. She is a quantum business coach and life transformation coach dedicated to helping as many entrepreneurs as possible live their absolute best life and lead themselves in the most epic way. She recently opened up registration for Q3 enrollment of her scale to six, six as in dollar signs, mastermind. So what is a mastermind? You may be asking. It's a vortex of growth to infinite, to the infinite degree. What Danielle has done is created a space laser focused on giving people like you the tools to quantum leap. In your business. Think four times speed. We're pressing that fast forward button. Mm -hmm. In her mastermind, you can expect transformational work on your relationship with money, leadership, and worthiness while receiving strategic support with how to build a multi million million dollar business from a place of alignment and calm and a calm central nervous system. The scale to six mastermind includes bi-weekly group coaching calls, quarterly virtual retreats, weekly strategic skill calls, astrology readings, access to a Slack channel with all the other clients inside. And to top it off, you'll also get access to all of Danielle's master classes and group programs. If you're ready for high-level, close proximity support in scaling your business through six figures, head on over to the link in the show notes to learn more and apply. And don't forget to follow Danielle on Instagram at Danielle underscore on the daily and listen to our new episode of her podcast on the daily every Tuesday and Friday. creator listeners we actually need your help real quick if you could do us a huge favor that means a billion zillion in the internet world if you could rate this podcast if you love it it would mean the world to me and sonia sonia who i have here today wow she's here (laughs) what Uh is the prize what is the prize that people get for rating this podcast
1: Mm, I will send them. Oh, I will send them my two favorite creation tools that I'm using Ooh. right now. One is this little suctiony oh, gray. Uh, it's, yes. Okay. It's a knockoff. I'm not going to lie. It's not the it's not the brand one. It's the random Amazon knockoff. Sorry to the people who created this, but it's too easily knocked off. But I will send you one of these, which now I've been like weirdly creating a lot of content because I have it. And my little tiny light that I recently discovered Eclipse. Oh, I do have one of those. It's just so easy and it's battery powered. So I never have to think about charging it. And it just like Bops right on top of anything, and if it's in a purse, wow. I'll send you both your of those prize? if you review us. But fine. your prize if it's is really a- good.
0: I was going to wow, tell them you. that their prize would be my love and affection forever, but I think you win. I will give you an actual prize. Wow. Okay, I will send you a Do Less Club sweatshirt of your choosing. Slash, actually, you know what I'm going to create? You know what I'm going to create? I haven't what? talked about this yet. It hasn't like fully come to fruition, but I'm going to tell you about it now. I'm going to create mm-hmm. a feral girl summer t-shirt.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I still okay. have to figure out
0: the design, um, but I think I want it to be mm-hmm. like feral girl summer, like really like minimalist on the pocket. And then we'll see what kind of, mm-hmm. you know, honey badger goes on the back.
1: <laughs> I love it. It needs to be very unassuming. That was very one of the best unassuming. series of stories when we were like trying to figure out what that emoji
0: was. This was my favorite. I think I said Skunk. Okay, this was my favorite was series of stories I've mm. ever done and I have not seen this high of engagement. This is relevant. It's fine. I'm going to I'm going to tell this story on. It, the it's relevant. <laughs> I, love I haven't it. seen uh-huh. this high of story engagement in such a long time. So, what happened was I I asked the internet what
1: mm-hmm.
0: emoji represents your like level of feral today. And someone sent me the badger emoji. And I responded and I like, I was laughing up a storm. I was like, what even is that? And she goes, a raccoon.
1: I also thought it was a raccoon. I didn't even know there was a badger. Emoji. She goes, a raccoon.
0: So now I'm dying. I'm like, this girl doesn't even know what it is. Cause it's for sure not a raccoon. Because if you type raccoon, you get a raccoon. So then That's I true. then I put it you know, on my story again. And I was like, please identify what this creature is. <laughs> and I got like skunk, uh, wombat, like. Uh- wombat. <laughs> Who the hell knows what a wombat looks like? Stop. I don't even know. A uh, ferret, <laughs> a, did I say skunk? A raccoon. Oh a ton of people were saying ferret. raccoon. And I eventually had to just like it. look up like, what the emoji was because oh my God. I, like, had no, I had no idea. I was, like, I know this critter in my oh. head, but, like, I have no idea what it is. Like, I can't tell you what the name is. So it turns out it's a badger. But then as this was all progressing, people started throwing in, like, that's what I look like getting out of the bathtub. Like, this <laughs> is <laughs> – that's a chunk raccoon. That. And I oh – oh, my God. God. Like, if if there was any push to put your weird thoughts on the internet, it is this. Because this was like, I was laughing so hard with every response. And I was like trying to tell my husband like, oh my God, like this person said this. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. no. He no, was like, really? what are you at laughing at?
1: <laughs> that sounds so similar to my life. I'll like be dying about something. I tell my boyfriend. He's like, huh.
0: I love that cool. you like shook your head. I was like, I told my husband, you're like, no, no, mm-hmm. don't tell him. No, he
1: didn't laugh. <laughs> Boomer did not laugh. He did not think it was funny. <laughs> He's like, okay, cool.
0: So anyway, that's the origin story of Feral Girl Summer. <laughs> All to say, you will get actual swag if you leave us a review that makes us laugh.
1: <laughs> that is glowing. That it better be glowing. be glowing.
0: Glowing. Okay. So pivoting. You have an If You Like It, Like It this week that I also adore. I Tell do. I
1: do. Um, so
0: my friend, Claire McCormack,
1: who is um, an editor over at Beauty Independent, Ooh. shared a, yeah, she's incredible. She specializes in um, sexual wellness as well, Ooh. which I think is so cool. So she's cool.
0: literally yes. a modern day Carrie Bradshaw.
1: Uh definitely, except for even cooler because she's like a mom of two teenagers. And I'm like, what? How are you so cool? Um, I know, right? So she shared a TikTok to stories the other day and said this is definitely going to pop off. And it was a TikTok of a girl talking about hashtag girl dinner. And, and girl dinner is essentially – every girl can relate to this, right? The quintessential girl dinner – and you love it, right? It's not like you love to hate it. It's not like this girl yeah, dinner is it. like – No, you love it. Everyone loves it. It's like random bits of like unpackaged cheese and crackers. There's maybe some fruit. There's maybe a dip. There's wine or some it, sort of – It's definitely like,
0: like the, kind of, the kind of thing that you go back for a second handful of and you're just standing oh yeah. there – Scrolling on your phone with like a random of Yes, you're
1: you're most likely at the edge of mental break, standing up in the kitchen, hoping nobody talks to you. Yeah, gross
0: kitchen lighting is on.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Maybe you're like checking out your ex. The lighting has to
0: be yellow, or it's not a girl dinner. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Correct. Overhead, very harsh. Uh, maybe you are like, finally gave in and you checked on an ex on social. Like, mm. there's a lot happening there. You're not at your best, but you're weirdly comfortable about it. <laughs> you know, like, you, you're. there's no shame in girl dinner. But anyway, someone already took the uh, TikTok handle at girl dinner. Uh, this girl's video has 1.3 million views. That's um, not even a lot. Like, I know, but that's like an I think two days. Jumping on that, I know it's such a it's like such a thing. It's such a thing. Like it's one of those videos where you see it and you're like, "Yep, been there, relatable." I could easily FaceTime my friend; she's also there. Like you're eating chips, but they're coming directly out of the bag. Yeah, you have like all the makings of charcuterie board, but like there's no board. It's like
0: still in the packaging. You're just picking, or it's still in the Tupperware. (sighs)
1: Oh yeah, it's still
0: in the mm-hmm. Tupperware. You're leaning over the mm-hmm. leaning over the cabinet. It, yeah. Maybe have a fork. Don't know. Don't know.
1: Anyway, like look it. up ha- <laughs> if you look if you like it, like it. But look up hashtag girl dinner and let us know if you can relate.
0: Let us know what your favorite girl dinner is. All right, Sonia, we've got a big topic today. Um, the she huge. Yeah, the it, and it's such a culmination of like your world in. Big influencer space mm-hmm. and my world mm-hmm. in I hate fast fashion.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh.
0: So Shein mm-hmm. took a couple of their influencers. Was it one influencer? Or was it was it a group?
1: No, it was a group. Um, it okay. was I think five.
0: Okay, I only saw the one. The one influencer, like the one names.
1: specific person, is blowing up more than the rest <laughs> because of this. Uh, controversy, but um, there was a group of five.
0: Yeah. So there. they took this group to a Shein factory in China.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And it was like the most high tech experience ever. Like I'm pretty sure it was like a factory out of Willy Wonka. Everything was <laughs> white <Fake>. and electronic <laughs> yeah. and there's like you know 10 little oompa loompas like doing sure. their job and singing all at the same time like everyone's happy <laughs> as can be and they broke into
1: song yep yeah.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> they broke into the to song they started the dance yep. where there's like the level change and yep. the problem was that these influencers came back and they were like we just fully believe in all of the innovation and sustainability measures that, that Mm she is taking and yada, yada. And the internet was like, hold, hold up, roll it back.
1: Yeah. Essentially, if you don't know Shein, it is a company out of China that produces fast, fast, fast fashion um, on a scale like no other. Like if you think Zara and H&M are fast, this is faster. Um, I think I saw
0: a metric of like the number of SKUs that come out of of Xi'an versus H&M and Zara. And I think I don't mm-hmm. remember what... I'm actually going to look this up because I don't want to I don't want to fuck it up hold on. This graph is called Shein, an incomparable churn. So, year to date new styles added in the US for Shein, it's 314,000 new items. Jesus. 314 <laughs> 1000 new items. H&M, it's like 4000. Zara, it's like 6000. Boohoo 18k. These are the worst of the worst, guys. Worst yeah. of mm-hmm. the worst. And then you when have Shein 314. At four, sure. You mm-hmm. don't That's need that many different wild. items.
1: You don't. No and in addition to that the items are extremely inexpensive. You're talking like some items are $5 mm-hmm. and I think items maybe I think everything on the site is under 100, don't quote me, but I would say 90 Predominantly 99%. polyester yes. which is and a there's going to rip more quickly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, None and there's of a
1: whole group of people no definitely not and there's a whole group of people who have done two things one try on hauls like what it looked like on Shein versus what i actually got that shows the lack of quality consistency sizing etc right. um and then there is a large group of people primarily reporters and the reporter versus influencer dynamic has really come to the fruition here has come to the forefront of this story there are a lot of reporters who have gone undercover um or mm-hmm. done serious recording, um, trying to find people to expose the work conditions mm-hmm. um, at factories owned by Sheehan. And so there has been tons of articles over the past couple of years in regards to this um, poor tons. working conditions, poor um, wages, mm-hmm. just very mm-hmm. bad work environment to be in. And so this group of influencers that were taken, Number one, a lot of people commented on how the group of influencers was a very good mix of BIPOC and plus size, which mm-hmm. historically on brand trips, especially brand trips that are going to China, you probably would not see a lot of if we're being realistic. And yeah. so there yeah. was definitely commentary of how and took advantage of this group of people who would like more exposure and knew that they would play into the rhetoric that they were going to push that this is a great company, it's clean, they treat everybody well, all of this stuff. And not only were these influencers, one, saying that they were not paid to go on the trip, some of them were also commenting that they had contracts with Shein. And my assumption is that these are people who have long-term ambassadorships or contracts with the brand Mm -hmm. to create a certain amount of content. But they weren't paid specifically for the trip.
0: The main influencer that was pulled into this was saying that I don't get underpaid by Shein. Most of the time, I'm underpaid by like sixty percent. They pay my full rate, yada yada. So there was this—it was a weird back and forth conversation of like they're not taking advantage of people. Look at all of this good that they're doing, and then they're showing them like they're constantly forcing them into this environment of like, look, good, 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 good. We're trying to do this PR push of we are good. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, you have, you know, Shein has these 314 SKUs every year, 314K. And to do that, they need to outsource to all of these other factories. There's not, it's not, it's not this one factory. It doesn't look no. like the Old apartment. It looks like yeah. Charlie's house with his grandpa yeah. and another. Everybody's
1: sharing the bed. On
0: the bed. And that roof falling in. Oh the main creator
1: that um, we're referencing here is at Danny DMC, D A N I D M C. And this creator definitely uh, fought back in terms of her pay, oh, her high. relationship with the brand, et cetera, et cetera. I believe most of her videos are now taken down but plenty of people, of course, have screen recorded them and stitched and done all of the things. Really? Um, I, thought I know it was it drew, Yeah. I, um,
0: mm-hmm. What's her name what's what's her full name? Drew something mm-hmm. I'm gonna drop her down below so that you can see. but she came back at it hot too and I it just kind of feels mm-hmm. like you know all of these girls that predominantly post fast fashion mm-hmm. were really making a stand and I don't know why.
1: Um, I think that they don't want to be caught on the wrong side of the narrative. So they're trying to make sure that it's known that, you know, people tend to do this. Well, that didn't happen to me. Like they Mm -hmm. know that maybe out there, there is bad things happening that are tied back to this company, but because it's quote unquote, not happening to them, they want Mm -hmm. people to know that like, well, my experience has not been bad. I have been paid very fairly. I have blah, blah, blah. When there's tons of other people who are getting messaged like, we want to use this video in exchange for a $50 gift card to the site mm-hmm. and we're going to put it in ads you know i think mm-hmm. what's really interesting is that a lot of the content that came out of this does live on the shein tiktok account and you can tell that they produced they had videographers mm-hmm. and editing throughout the entire trip and they produced a very well curated if you did not know shein and you went and you just saw these videos you'd be like oh okay, cool. It's like this company out of China, like sounds great. Like they show tailors and factory workers hand cutting garments. Like that only happens at the couture level. Like people don't hand cut garments anymore. Not possible. Um, they're doing one-on-one interviews with each of the creators and they're talking about summarizing their experience and they're clearly hitting PR points. Um, you know, I was just so shocked to see how well treated everyone was and there's so much innovation here. And, I think it's, I mean, the overarching thing, I think Harley and I have described the content and what is happening here. I think the real thing that we need to be talking about is what does this mean for the influencer industry? It's another step yeah. in the wrong direction And yeah. f- as far as I'm concerned. In addition... There's been a lot of serious reporters who watch this and are calling out now. Of course, brands will take advantage of creators because creators do not have the same legal implications that reporters do for trips like this. Like a reporter has Yeah. I mean, also
0: your reporter is educated in the Mm -hmm. field that they're going to be reporting on. Your creator is a Mm -hmm. is a consumer that's has a lot of skill in marketing but they don't have the background sure. in anything yeah they're not really I mean maybe
1: they do come from a background that is they like could. research or writing based but, but it would probably it? be you very know? rare yeah 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 it would probably be very rare that they would end up on one of these trips and you know I sent Harley the link to um a writer who You know, writes on pop culture and um, larger brands all the time, and she talks about how this really affects reporters because instead of reporters going on these trips, whether it be Shein or somebody else, they're sending influencers because they know that number one, influencers are paid. A reporter would never be able to be paid by a brand ever. They cannot be paid by a brand and. Do their journalistic duty. So they're mm-hmm. not able to be paid in any sense of the term. Um, and I believe they have to sign some sort of disclosure contract mm-hmm. if they are put up in a hotel or if any of the accommodations are taken care of. Right. They have to disclose that legally. And while influencers should also have to disclose that legally, it's not taken as seriously mm-hmm. um, because their content is not being published on a major
0: mm-hmm. news
1: outlet at the end of the day. But so, like,
0: but like, is it? Because it is. It is, a so it is.
1: Yeah, for sure. It is getting published on TikTok, which is a major news source at the end of the day, whether people want to believe it or not. Right. Many right. people get their news, facts, resources from TikTok. And that is the danger here, right? There are a lot mm-hmm. of great journalists that are now getting on TikTok, reporting the news, giving facts, but uh, as we've seen over the past couple of years, anyone can get on TikTok. They can say anything right. that they like. Right. It's It can easily spiral. And when brands and money are involved, it makes it really difficult for people to trust influencers and what they are saying about an experience, a brand, anything else, especially when there is historical context of that brand having, you know, poor conduct and poor mm-hmm. work environments and mm-hmm. really just like destroying the, the earth at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. It's just sad. It's really also sad. And it's sad to see another, yet another influencer scandal, if you will, that leaves people saying, you know, is this what our society has come to? Right. This is so sad, you know, and it's a one small handful of individuals that, probably thought they were making the right decision for their career, maybe didn't even take the time to look into the background of Shein, were just so excited by a trip to China. You know, do I blame them? Yes and no. Like I, I do blame them, but also I don't. Like I can see both sides. I can see how if a brand approached you and that you didn't know all of this negativity and you really wanted to further your career, how easy it would be to be like, yeah, I'll come, yeah. I'll do this, sounds great, no problem and easily like go with the flow and how difficult it would be to say no, especially when creator culture is so competitive right now. I
0: think that's what's I think that's what's so hard is like with all of these situations, with all of these scandals, we are always mm-hmm. going to have the comments that are like, influencers suck. Why are influencers there? What's blah, 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 yeah. blah. They're just a dumb influencer. And it's like, okay, but that's <laughs> not the problem. That's not, yeah. that's not quite the problem. It's that mm-hmm. we all don't understand what's actually happening behind the scenes. And sure. so I guess really what I want to pivot to in this conversation is like how as influencers, can we really promote understanding of what we do? I I posted mm-hmm. a post the, the other day about like, stop saying stop saying, well, I really like this product. I only post products that I love. This isn't an Mm -hmm. ad. I bought it, I swear. Because that's Mm -hmm. really just playing into and perpetuating the stereotype of the Mm -hmm. sellout influencer. So there's really a better way to do that. And it's saying this is an ad when it's an ad.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I also see how there is context, though, especially in the beauty world, when people say, like, I bought this with my own money because beauty is so heavily gifted. It's so heavily Mm -hmm. gifted and so easily, like, boxes come in, boxes come in, that when someone is saying, like, I went out and bought this because I was so intrigued or I went out and bought this because I really wanted to review it for you, it gives a certain kind of weight to Mm -hmm. it. And I don't think that they're saying, like, as opposed to it being sponsored. I think they're just Mm -hmm. trying to give the drama and, like, nail the point of, like, I was so invested in knowing more about this product that, like, I went the distance and just, like, went and got it. That's one thing to think about. I mean, for me, when I'm looking at this and, like, the greater, like, how will things change? How will there ever be you know, trust and all of this, I really think it's a legal situation, right? Mm. Like at some point, these influencer councils that have popped up over the past couple of years or, you know, people trying to self-regulate certain groups, I just don't think it'll work. There has to be a legal action that's finally taken saying this is a legitimate business. It generates X amount of dollars every year in sponsorships you know, TikTok is not going anywhere. It might get modified, but TikTok's not going anywhere. Instagram has not gone anywhere in a, over a decade. Like mm-hmm. these are just things that will continue to grow. So why don't we actually take some time to say like, these are the legal, absolute legal guidelines, just like we have for reporters. Um, right. That's what I think it needs to happen. So that finally, you know, influencers will button up and say, if it's not sponsored, it's getting taken down. Like it, it gets removed. If it's not this, like this happens. Like there has to finally be consequences, yeah. and there has been over the years very minimally. You've heard about lawsuits, things happening. Yeah, I don't but know if those like high
0: level. Like it's the Kim K's sure. of the world. It's not the yeah. it's not the little micro yeah. influencer. And I do think there needs to be. I, I do think there needs to be more regulation. But where I get stuck is like okay, your reporter, they're getting Mm -hmm. paid by the news outlet. Your Mm -hmm. influencer, if they went on this trip and they weren't being paid for any kind of out... No, I guess that's the same. Mm. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. Because your influencers typically aren't paid for these events and like going on the event. They're paid for the aftermath. It's the
1: same. Yeah, I mean... For sure. I do think it is the same
0: in some ways. And in some
1: ways it's not going to be the same. Um, Maybe it is going to be biased because they have history or they are getting paid for certain posts, Mm. maybe not the trip, but they're getting paid for posts or maybe like the, the legislation is like, you can't take people on trips and pay them. Like maybe it's also like a legislation that's for brands, not just for the creators. Mm. Right. It's like, if you are doing a marketing Event. I think we like not down allowed to, to take regulating people.
0: brands too. I really do. Yeah, like I think I think the brands should sure. really be held just held as accountable as the influencer. Oh, absolutely,
1: both both parties need to be held accountable. And even like I think you know regulating this entire industry would be nearly impossible in terms of yeah. like standardizing rates and this and that. Like it wouldn't be able to happen. But I think even putting small things in place, like about maybe like gifting. Putting small things in place about um, you know certain types of practices that are widespread, very common across like the it, events, trips, the type of content mm-hmm. that can come out of it. Um, you know, I think it would protect both sides and like better legitimize this industry. Yeah.
0: You know, so. I get asked about I get asked about this every time I say it, and it's that gifting is still taxable payment, taxable income. If you were mm-hmm. getting a gifted product that still counts in your influencer income, and that's where it's so hard with the fact that some of these specific industries, just like you said, beauty included. I mean, my mattress was gifted. Like, I've talked about that before. Um, mm-hmm. Influencers are gifted across the board, but that is still taxable income, and that's where people get freaked out, and they're like, oh, wait, what? And yeah. So I just think all of that needs to be more spoken about, number one, and clarified on the brand side, too, because yeah, there's not a contract signed for gifting a lot of the time.
1: I know. And maybe there should be. Maybe there, there should, should be, be a contract signed in advance that says, you know, I'm giving you this item and you've agreed to accept it is maybe like the baseline, like you've agreed to take it. Like you've said, yes, I want this thing. Um, Or then moving on from there, you'd agreed to create content in some way open. And then maybe it's like, you've agreed to create this specific content, right? Mm -hmm. Like those are the levels, but how much waste would be stopped if you had to sign a contract Saying yes, I accept this item as like the base level that you agreed to take it like that is so minimal. And that's something that my company has really prided ourselves on for years. I was quoted in an article ages ago about the amount of waste that goes into influencer gifting and I said, you know, there's not a lot that I can do to combat the waste. It's part of the industry. But at the end of the day, the standard that we can hold ourselves to is that we do not send anything unless the creator or the person on the other end has said that they want it. Yes. So like I could send out 100 emails. If 30 people say like, great, I'd like it. Here's my address. I'm sending 30. It doesn't matter if for the other 70, I already have their addresses in a database. It does not sit well with me to yeah. send something to somebody unsolicited. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. not cool. Not cool PR and influencer folks, like step it up. Like that's the least that you can do.
0: Stop wasting the brand's money
1: and the influencer's time. Like it's not cool.
0: It really is. And I think that's huge. And you know what? I I get asked about, you know, small business stuff all the time. And it's not that I don't want to support the small business, but it'll Mm -hmm. be some random really niche thing that I just don't need in my house. Like to be frank, like I just don't need more stuff. And like I have mm-hmm. to say no. But I'm sure yeah. a lot of people fall into the like, oh, well, they they want to give it to me, so it's rude. And I have to people please and I have to say yes to this. And like, this is the sure. only way to progress our relationship or a brand relationship or whatever. And it just mm-hmm. it sucks. It is wasteful.
1: hmm Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult and there's a lot of You know, gifting is like we talked about in the last episode, like gifting is the gateway into the brand later on. So saying no to gifting is really difficult, but if it is a very niche item and it's not for you, there's like an appropriate way to say like, this doesn't fit my lifestyle right now. Or I've had people email me and say, I have a lot on the docket in both sponsored and gifting that I've already accepted this month. Like, could you circle back
0: in a few months? And I'm like,
1: perfect. Like, that's fine. Like I can circle back. Like they were very specific that they didn't want to be off of the outreach list, but right now they couldn't dedicate any time to another gift. And I'm like, great, totally fine with me. Um, And I think I've had people send emails after they received a gift to being like, you know, in the future, it's okay to like skip me or something like, or I'm doing work Mm. with like a competitor paid now, like feel free to remove me from this list. And it's like, okay.
0: I really it's just fine. think it's that communication. I think that both yeah. sides are kind of afraid to offend each other or get in. I don't know. They we all want to maintain these relationships that we built, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, even I was talking I was talking the other day, I was complaining the other day. Let me let me be <laughs> clear here. I was complaining <laughs> about how this week, oh my God, our account manager is out of town. So I've been mm-hmm. in, I've been The one in the inbox handling everything. I love having two Mm -hmm. jobs. It's great. I'm not dying at all. And Uh um, the number of times that we have gotten requested revisions for content that started with a meeting where the brand said, creative freedom is yours. Like, we love what you're doing. Just create something (laughs) that's authentic to you. And then the creator Mm -hmm. created something that's great content. Like, don't get me wrong. I have looked at this content. I have given them little baby tweaks to make, and then I've sent it through. There's no, there's no, like, this is shit content that just got sent to the brand. There is a check and balance. And then the Mm -hmm. brand will come back and say, oh, well, can we really just like insert full reshoot? of this content because I wanted to ensure that you said it this way and it oh was a God.
1: try like on actually, not a new
0: and yeah. yada yada yada. Like actually we can't <laughs>
1: We can't and, do that because you didn't include it in the scope of work.
0: It. It's not It's, <laughs> it's not no. fair. It's not ethical. Like it's just, it's really shitty. And so I had a ton of people like sliding into my DMs and like saying, oh my God, this has happened to me. Like this sucks. Like there's nothing worse, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, it's yeah. funny. All the people that I know listen to our podcast. I was like, you know, it's funny. And I laugh every time I get a scope of work from Sonia because it's so <laughs> it's so specific. specific. It's so it's so specific. Yeah,
1: that's so much of my job is front loaded. I'm like, so much is educating the brand on like, what do you actually want? Like, my job as a marketer is to pull out from a brand what do they actually want because most of the time they don't know. And you are not a good marketer, and this is the whole reason why. Like, I've got recently like three different not complaints but like responses that my rates were much higher than anybody else that they'd received back from, and I'm like, I'm not surprised. Here's why. Because I don't let my brands that I work with get away with shit, which means I spend a ton of time with them being like, what do you really mean by I need it to pop? What do you really mean by I want to see the difference in the video? What do you really mean? Like, all of that is work and effort and time spent back and forth so that when the content goes through. can't read your mind. It's effective. No one can read your mind. Like, it's like you have to have – such detail put into place and most brands don't and that's not their fault they really maybe have not worked with enough influencers before they're not being guided correctly you know a lot of people don't they're know it till they see it type of thing. That didn't yeah. like
0: that yeah there's, there's something there's something exactly. on the brand level where they're changing um this is one we've gotten a ton recently too the brand has revamped their packaging and so oh, agency sends it through to influencer. <laughs> this is uh-huh. this is a real story. Agency sends it through to influencer. Old packaging shows up. They create something. Agency goes, wait, that's old packaging. Can we do new packaging? Influencer then, oh, this kills me. Goes to the store. <laughs> because they're trying to solve a problem. And also agency keeps putting influencer on the email and I'm like, stop, stop putting the influencer on the email, like I've solved this problem without the influencer. So influencer went to the store, oh got the new product with the new branding, mm-hmm. came back home, mm-hmm. filmed it, sent off a second draft
1: and mm-hmm. agency
0: goes, wait, we needed different flavors. <laughs> So now we're on the third oh time my of God. filming. <laughs> I don't even know no. if the brand has gotten content yet because I'm sure oh agency didn't God. even pass it along with all of these things. Yeah. And-, and
1: I do wonder that, like, does the brand even know what a shit show of an agency that they have hired? Like, do they even know that this is happening Like, do you know brands or are you just like letting your coordinator be the one that like reviews everything in the end? And then that's just it. And no one has been like, oh, hey, like this was not a very good strategy. There's a lot of times brands come to me, too, and they're like, oh, okay, like we want to show this product. I'm like, "Okay, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? Like part of my job is also to come up with the ideas that will sell that product, not just let the brand tell me like, oh, we need people to like use this product. But great. No, it's like, okay, well, this is what the product does, which means we need people like this and like this. What if people showed it like this? And, like, these are all the different ways that that a consumer is going to need to see it in order to be convinced to buy it. It's not just one size fits all here. So, damn. Anyway, all that to say, I'm not changing my rates. So, (laughs) (laughs) this confirms... I'm going with God on this one. Um, I will continue to charge more than everyone by a bit because I know I'm doing it right, and doing it right takes longer. Doing it right takes longer.
0: So influencers, how do we how do we navigate this world of limited communication from brands? And okay, hold on. Actually, bring it back because. I think about this comment all the time because when we first started this podcast, I yes. kept saying, I want to see more solidarity between brands and creators. I want to see more solidarity. And you go, yeah, "I remember. you love that word, solidarity. And I was like, dude, <laughs> trust me. You love You love that word. <laughs> trust do. me. That is the problem. Yeah. So honestly, like I'm going to bring it back to this and this – Mm-hmm. She and situation, as we think about takeaways, like what is our, what is our takeaway to bring more solidarity to brand mm-hmm. and creator, but also creator in mm-hmm. your audience and all of this like changing perception that's in the world. So in
1: my small group that I've been doing the content challenge with um, it's ending tomorrow. And honestly, I really challenge them to be like, you have to set your own bar higher. It, you have to stop looking at other influencers as to what to do in any s- situation and you need to know how to set your own bar higher. And that means if a brand, you know, sends you a brief and it's very vague, it's not about like, okay, I'll just go make the content. You need to set the bar higher and you need to challenge them and say, this is my storyboard. Is it approved? This is my idea. Is it approved? Like get detailed before you shoot, send it back. Like
0: yes. brands yes. need to stop raise the bar higher and
1: do it all as well. Yeah. Stop trying to rush through it and be like, oh, I have to make it right now. Or like, they're not going to like, it's a lot of scarcity mindset in this industry. Which is and bad. like, oh, mm-hmm. if I don't respond back right now and say, yes, they're going to get somebody else. And if I don't meet it at this lower rate, they're going to get somebody else. And if I don't, blah, blah, blah. Number one, you can't know that for sure. And number two, like, how does that make you feel? Like not good as a human. If you constantly think that you're replaceable and you constantly think that if you don't rush and do it, And redo it 25 times for no extra fee that like they're not going to get back with you again like Mm -hmm. that does not raise the bar higher for other influencers and it doesn't teach a brand anything right like maybe you go and you jump through these hoops that Harley is talking about that her creator had to do but you inform them in future when you're working with creators like we're happy to do this for you but this really needs to be something that was communicated like I really hope you apply this to the future briefs, right? It doesn't have to be rude, but it should be frank because at the end of the day, it's a business and you're wasting people's times on both sides, right? There's plenty of times I've complained about creators wasting my time, and I've been telling my group the same. I was like, you need to raise your own bar higher. There's certain things that should be free. There's certain things where you should go above and beyond. And if you want to be on the payroll long-term with a brand, these are the things that you need to do. And you've got to set it higher. And you're going to be the rehire at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Don't listen to other people who are saying, well, you should charge for every period, comma, revision, whatever. I'm like, don't do that within reason so that you are reason. the go-to every time. Within mm-hmm. reason.
0: I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of like weird silliness of like, I don't know, we've talked about this a couple of times. It's like charge your worth thing. Like you need to charge for every single thing. And it's like, okay, well, what is actually worth your time? What's covering your time? And how can you build a stronger relationship? Because most of the time, the stronger relationship isn't even in spending more time on the content. It's in like- just getting clear on it. And at the end of the day, you're going to spend less time by mm-hmm. getting on the call first and exactly making sure, making sure that you know what you're talking about together. So I think my takeaway really comes down to like it's not that urgent. It's it's not that urgent if you need to sit on something and like figure out how you actually feel about the brand, Sheehan, whatever. Like that is okay. Mm-hmm. Like I had a brand reach out to me literally yesterday night and they go, We need the content within two days of us sending it to you. And I was like, I've never tried this brand. What do you mean you need it in mm-hmm. two days? Number one, two days is a thousand percent a rush fee. So Yeah.
1: Don't,
0: two days. Don't know that's about that. <laughs> yeah. Two days is kind of crazy. For two sure. days is actually wild to Post mm-hmm. in that amount of time. They also offered me three hundred and fifty dollars for a reel and a story and a uh, follow up two slide second story. So <laughs> rock on, ay, right? Ay, ay. Absolutely, mm-hmm. rock on. <laughs> but it's not that urgent. It's not that urgent. I'm going to go back to them and say, hey, I haven't tried your product. Um, I need to try your product for at least two weeks and. Mm-hmm content is probably going to take, well, content doesn't need to take that much longer after that two weeks, but you get my point. It's not that serious. Jump on a call, find a time that you can communicate, the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think especially for micro creators who I speak with a lot one-on-one, they do feel that sense of like, if I don't say yes, if I don't act fast, mm-hmm. if I don't meet the budget, I'm never going to get another opportunity. And I understand that because I've been there in my own business when like people, brands would approach me and they'd say, do it for this amount. And I'd feel like, okay, well, I'm not going to get another opportunity. I need to get in with them now, whatever else. It sets you up in future for a way harder fight. And that's one thing that we talked about in Pricing with some of these micros. I'm like, listen, you want to have fair pricing, but you can always discount, quote unquote. You can always tell the brand, I'll offer it at this rate this one time, right? You can always Mm -hmm. kind of backtrack a little bit. It's much harder to start charging more and more and more as you go on without any significant increase in followers. So you really have to think about before you become a full-time creator or even a part-time creator or you're deciding to like take creation seriously as a form of income in some way you really have to decide how you want it to make you feel because if you set it up for yeah like if you set it up like harley is saying with this idea of like rush and i have to do the next thing i have to do the next thing like the whole journey will feel like that like it's too much anxiety, too much pressure. And if you set it up the opposite way, like the right brands are going to come to me. I need to focus on creating good content. And when somebody good comes You're along, I need that to. Shit,
0: baby. <laughs> I know, right? Like
1: focus on over delivering so that every client is happy. Let me tell you, I have never not re-signed a client for something that was like because of the way I do work, right? Maybe like budget issues, maybe like stuff has come to an end, but all of my clients have been like five years, three years, seven years. That is a significantly more amount of money than it is to scramble to get first-time projects with a bunch Mm -hmm. of different brands. And that's what I always remind creators. Longevity in your partnership is much more lucrative and easy Mm -hmm. on you personally. So why not over deliver? Why not be a superstar with that brand when they first hire you so that you don't have to worry about like, where am I going to find the next brand? Where am I going to find the next Mm -hmm. brand and have that scarcity fuel all the time? That's what leads people to burnout. And that's why they're unhappy as creators. I'm like, yeah, because you were like uh, on a little like mountain, hamster wheel, hamster wheel. A <laughs> running, little running, mountain running, hamster running.
0: wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it was the hands that really got me. Here's what I'm going to leave you with, my beautiful, wonderful listeners, because this hit me in the absolute soul. I was driving back from a, from an event last night, actually. And I was listening to a podcast on, um, what is it called? It's the expanded podcast by To Be Mm -hmm. Magnetic, Lacey Phillips. I absolutely love them. I'm a part of their membership. And one of the things they said was, what you think when someone doesn't get back to you for 24 hours, that narrative that you create in your brain, whether it's a text message or a brand response or, you know, literally anything, a DM, anything, some kind of opportunity Mm -hmm. that you want. That is actually a reflection of your self-worth. So if you're thinking, oh my God, they just think I'm annoying. They think that this is too much, that I'm not worth it, blah, blah, blah. Hello, that's a mirror. That is looking back at you. So next time you have that situation where you are waiting for a response and your brain is scrambling, spinning, spiraling, saying you are not enough, you are doing something wrong, Catch yourself and say, Ooh, hold on. We need to think on that. We need to actually stop it right here. They're just busy. They're just busy. That is it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. It's not about me. Um, I agree. That is such a good lesson in business, in creating, in life, <laughs> all of the above. And it all has to do with how you handle the unknown. Right. Like once you send that message, you don't know what's happening on the other end. And our brain automatically dives into the most negative version of what could be happening. And if you retrain yourself to you don't even have to retrain yourself to think of the most positive outcome. If you can't get there, just go neutral. Go neutral. It has nothing to do with me. I can't impact the decision now. I've put in the pitch. I've sent the response. I've done whatever I put in the first draft. Whatever comes back is whatever comes back and that has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that is a hard one. But I'm so glad that you brought it up. Great takeaways. Look at us leaving on a heart and soul moment. (laughs) I love
0: it. (laughs) All right. Brand new creator friends, thank you for listening. Again, we have presents for you if you want to leave us a stellar review. It means the world to us. And we'll catch you next time.